Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to another episode of the Streaking the Lawn podcast. I am back. I'm back with Caroline. My name's Pierce. I didn't say that yet, but here's Caroline. Hello. Hey, good job. Good job last week. I didn't delete it. So, you know. If you haven't caught, Darns held it down uh, with Dave Kane, the voice of the Cavaliers, for an excellent episode. Uh, But we're back right away. uh, Just getting these going because football is almost here we've got so much to talk about and today we've got a special guest to join us to talk about the who's uh former uh, gunslinger for the cavaliers kurt benker is in the house so we're about to get into that interview with him we talk uh, at great length about his time at eva and certainly his time uh, in atlanta and also his dogs and some other good stuff too so <laughs> stay tuned for that um but as far as the blog uh we, we've got the previews rolling out uh, for the football team uh we're still finishing up the state of the programs for some other sports as well so lots of good stuff as we get closer and closer uh to that pit game in uh labor day uh, weekend. A couple weeks. I just can't believe it. it's August 10th. Um, I know. Where does the time go? Where does it go? So uh, <laughs> you'll be hearing this uh, in the following week in the team. So it'll be a couple weeks away. And we'll certainly be back uh, shortly to do like a full schedule uh, breakdown and preview as well. But for this week, why don't we jump in to our interview with Kurt? Yeah, we're super excited today. We're keeping up our recent trend of having just outstanding guests on. Nothing, you know, it's awesome. Before we hit football season, um, we are happy to bring Kurt Bankert onto the podcast for the first time. Kurt, how are you? Awesome. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Of Thank course. you. Why don't we start with uh, what you're up to these days? I, I, I know we were so excited to watch uh, you throw to Alameda uh, for the Falcons. and, and I know. So, terribly bummed to see uh you go down with the injury what what have your past couple weeks been like it's been obviously really hectic like just excited to get the season started and kind of like show the work that i put in this off season and kind of just put it all on film and for everybody to see but um it was cool to kind of go out there with the Day and some of the other young guys to be able to throw it around and have a good outing in the hall of fame game um and obviously it was cut short but i think it was 
good to end on that note that I was able to kind of go out there and show them what I could do. So it could have been worse. And recovery's going all right? Yeah, so I'm like four, three or four days out of surgery now. Um, I'll be out for like six, eight months. So they put me on IR. Uh It'll pretty much be the whole year. But um, I got a good group around me that'll take care of me and uh, make sure I'm back out there and ready to go. And it's cool to, uh, you know, see two UVA uh, gunslingers out there on the Falcons. Do you, uh, how much you interact with Matt Schaub? And, uh, has yeah. he told you anything about the good old days around grounds? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's definitely told me about the good old days and, like, things have changed a lot, obviously, from yeah. then and now. Um, but he's been so helpful to me and just he's been really, really uh, kind of making sure that I speed up my development with all of his advice and kind of the things that he's been through in his, I think, 16 or 17-year career. So he's been a good mentor to me. And uh, I, I got to say, for UVA uh, students of, of my era, uh, Matt Ryan's also been a, a personal favorite for oh, what, he, yeah. what he did yeah. to Virginia Tech on national, <laughs> yeah. on national television. It was, it's one of my favorite football memories. Probably the, the, my favorite non-UVA football memory was that game. So please uh, send him my best when you get the chance. <laughs> I will. I'll make sure I spread that. He'll he'll appreciate that one. He loves talking about DC and and college football in our room, like in the quarterback room, is a big deal. We love it. Oh, awesome. So. Kurt, what was it like? You know, obviously you've had a season with being in the NFL now. Obviously, this season isn't going. It didn't start the way you wanted to, but just yeah. coming off of that time at Virginia, working with the coaching staff with Coach Mendenhall, mm-hmm. how prepared did you feel? And what was it like making that jump from coming from Charlottesville to getting right into Southern Atlanta? Yeah, I think um, especially, like, coming to, to coming to Virginia and being able to play in the ACC, like, the defenses that you face, like, it's it transfers over pretty well. It's not like the Big 12 where you just throw the ball around all the time. Like, it's not like that. So, I felt like as much preparation that I could have had going into it, I was prepared the best that I could. But there was just a lot of, a lot of learning that happened um, in the first year and obviously still to go. But, um, it's crazy how much the game changes from college to the NFL, more than I would have thought originally. How much do you stay in touch with – I'm obviously, Alameda joined you, um, and we talked yeah. a little bit, and the connection you guys have, obviously, just yeah. via watching you guys play. But with the other guys that are have gone pro and are in the league, like you see Chris Peace doing great things out there with the Chargers now, obviously Micah. Yeah. Um, how much do you stay in touch with some of these guys that, that you played with at Virginia? Yeah, I should say – I actually just talked to Chris Peace to, Chris Peace today, um, obviously I talked to O a lot, and I talked to Micah from time to time, but there's just guys all around the league, and I think that, like, what we went through with Virginia, like, going from a really bad team to, like, kind of building the blocks for being a good team kind of brought us closer in the way that we had to do it. Like, these guys just, like, the level of play and how hard they play, like, play in and play out, I think that's one of the things that shows um, that shows up most on film. Like, people are always talking about the effort and all of that good stuff, so... I think what Bronco is doing and, and building good character is, is showing the league and giving guys a chance. I know we were talking about this before we were recording, but it's it seems like the energy around the program is definitely building and building, and, and obviously that reflects the success uh, Bronco's been building and building. Uh, do you see you know the basketball team's energy and, and success carrying over to this offseason? I mean, it seems like there's a lot of chatter. Are, are you alums part of that chatter and excitement? Oh, 100%. Like, I think that, what was it? We were predicted like 11-1, and one, and obviously they're just predictions, but mm. I think we've always exceeded expectations, and I'm excited, like many other alums, just to see what we can do this year. And I know, like, everybody knows, like, it won't be perfect, but 
um, being able to come off like a national championship in basketball and all the other national championships that we've had around the program just it shows what UVA is all about and we're excited for yeah. football to be in that conversation on a yearly basis. It's funny here in Charlottesville this was like the first cool morning a little bit like yeah it was amazing like, yeah. and, and so <laughs> yeah. I just like clicked into football fan yeah. <laughs> like, oh no doubt like you feel that you feel that that cold weather and you're like oh it's football season let's go yeah. Yeah. To be clear, it hit like 77 this morning. When she was- <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was a decent breeze. Maybe it was a decent breeze. <laughs> but I actually did the same thing. I walked outside and I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not immediately sweating when I took my dog out for a walk, which is great. No doubt. It can be <laughs> humid there too. Oh, oh it's, yeah. it's the worst. Um, when you look at the expectations, obviously, I think it was five years straight until this year that Virginia was actually picked to finish last in the Coastal. Um, yeah. Now – I mean, that's a huge jump to be picked first by the media and the Coastal. It obviously says a lot about what people think about what Broncos mm-hmm. doing. But how do you think, if at all, the approach changes within the program with Bronco? Um, or is it constantly, like, no matter where the expectations are, he has a specific set of expectations that stay the same? Um, I think that no matter what the outside expectations are, like, the expectation every year is to win an ACC championship. And we know that to do that, we have to win the Coastal first. So I think that, like, every year, no matter how good we were projected to be, how good we felt we were, like, that was the goal first and foremost. Like, so I think that it's cool. I know it has to feel good to have that outside, like, motivation and people seeing it, but you also still have to produce the results on the field, and I think that's where Broncos at right now. Nice. And I think that brings more of the, like, excitement. This is the most excitement I think that – I don't know, Pierce, you can chime in on – I was trying to think the last time there was this much preseason excitement, um, maybe, like, 2010. there was definitely one under london after the uh the peach bowl appearance i mean yeah yeah took it then unfortunately the program sort of dipped (laughs) (laughs) and so i don't know i I feel like under bronco it's just been every year and you know every season has its ups and downs and the win total wasn't wasn't there initially but like you could see the program uh being uh steered in the right direction and and kurt you had a lot to do with that i mean um can you tell us a little bit about that process of transferring to uva like i know you've addressed it before but um for those who have basically um so i tore my acl when i was at ecu going into my redshirt sophomore year um i was named the starter like five days before i tore my acl so it was like it was tough after that season the entire staff got fired and then I also was graduating, so I had two years to play immediately. Um, and with a whole new change in the program, I thought it was a great opportunity for me to go and like test the waters, see where I could play, um, and have a chance to compete for the starting job because I was going to have to do that at ECU anyways with a new staff. So I kind of just took the leap of faith and, and decided to go to Virginia. I was excited, like a new staff was coming into Virginia, so everybody was starting off on a fresh, like a fresh start. Um, and I think that just going there, like, I didn't realize how hard it was going to be because I didn't realize, like, the state of the program at that point in time. Like, we had lost a lot of players, like, a lot of guys transferred that were going to be young guys yeah. that played. Um, and it, it was definitely a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. But, and I really am happy that I chose to do that because to be a part of something like that, man, it, it, uh-huh. I can't even put into words how much I appreciate it. So. When there's a lot of talk outside the program, obviously people who don't understand or aren't first person um, when it comes to mm-hmm. the earn not given portion of, of what Bronco yeah. preaches. Um, there was something yeah. I saw yesterday, some of the players talking about how bought in they actually became to the Jersey selection. What was that like yeah. for you, you come in? You know, obviously I think 
you knew Ruffin McNeil, <laughs> um, who mm -hmm. came, basically came with yeah. you. But that whole process of like the actual buying in and, and going through some of those, um, I don't know what you want to call them, but uh, <clears throat> rites of passage as like earning your jersey. No, no. What was that like as a player? I think, well, especially coming in, like for me, I think it helped me fit in a little more because everybody was at ground zero. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. it didn't matter what you had done in the past. Like, it, it really did not matter at all. And um, I just think it, it was, it definitely felt like, I, it made me feel like I was more ready to go and like, I was really given a full shot to start from the get-go. Um, but as it, like, as it went on, I just think people really bought into it more and more about the jerseys. Like, it was really weird watching film and not knowing who you're watching, like, when I first got there. <laughs> yeah. Nobody has a jersey number. Like, that's the hardest part. Um, but, and I mean, people, even media, when I got That's why media hates it. A hundred percent. Like, you have no idea who you're tagging in pictures. Like, it's tough. Um, but when I got to the Falcons, that was actually one of the first things that Shab said to me. He was like, dude, like, What's the deal with the jerseys? Like, what do you guys, like, you guys hate that? Like, it was literally one of the first things you said to me. That's funny. Um, and I think it's just, you have to kind of be there to appreciate it because it is, it's weird from the outside. But I mean, I know when that night hits and those guys are going to pick those numbers, everybody's going to be rowdy in there. Like, they won't yeah. be able to wait yeah. to see who gets what pick. So, it's well, exciting. now Jordan, now Jordan Ellis isn't there. So there's a, there's a vacuum yeah. for that number. A hundred percent. 100%. There's an actual chance for somebody else to get it, because that was not the case. Like, that was not going to happen. So what was what was it about Jordan that that just led him to be the, you know, hardest practicing, hardest working, yeah. hardest prepared guy? Like, what's he like? Yeah. I, so, I mean, literally, I would go in there on a Saturday morning, like, by myself, thinking, I'm like, I'm cool. Like, I'm out there. Like, I'm going to get some extra work in. And I'd call a few guys up, and Jordan would have been in there already, like, by himself yeah. in the corner, no music on, just with a ladder, like, in a football. Like, that's literally who he was. And yeah. he, he was just always there, and he didn't say anything. He didn't ask for anything. Like, he literally did it because he wanted to be good. Yeah. And I think that kind of – that silent leadership that he had, people really appreciated that. That's cool. So that's just kind of who he was. That's just who he was. Yeah. And can uh, are there other guys that you have like maintained a, a strong relationship with since uh, leaving Charlottesville? Yeah. Um, so I would say obviously, Oh, um, Tim Harris is another dude. I'm so, yeah. so proud and excited for him and what he's been able to do. Like, yeah. and we all saw that from the get go. Like we, we knew what type of player he could be. He just like got the injury bug, man. And he wasn't able to shake it, but yeah. for him to be able to come back his senior year and make things happen like that, like, I couldn't be more proud of him, and I know everybody feels the same way for how hard he worked to, to keep it up. Absolutely. We are a very pro-Tim Harris uh, podcast. He comes up often. 100%. Super, I think super pro-Tim Harris. Because of that story and, and the breaks yeah. that he's had, uh, we're, we're all – I mean, we're, we're pro, everybody. <laughs> no, 100%. I get it. I get it. Tim a lot. We love him. The, some, speaking of Tim Harris and – the secondary of both guys that you've faced and that are still there right now. What can you say about someone like Bryce Hall, who's developed over his time in Charlottesville and now, I mean, yeah. I don't, I will argue with anyone that says he's not the best cornerback in the country, but let alone the, the ACC, but to see someone yeah. like him develop over his time in Charlottesville and how difficult was it to go against a guy like that in practice? How much better did he make you? That's the crazy thing. So when I first got there, it was his freshman year, and, like, he didn't know anything. Like, he yeah. was obviously physically talented, and as the season went on, like, he ended up getting a few picks because he was, like, the tall, lanky corner, and he could kind of beat people up. And then going into my senior year, like, we knew he was going to have a good year, but, like, in our minds, like, 
whenever we had spring balls, Tim Harris was the one that we weren't going to throw against. Like, if he was on the field, you have to know where Tim Harris is at all times. So Bryce yeah. was, like, just the guy that we had to throw against. He was good, tall, and, like, had all the physical traits. But, like, as that year kind of went on, like, he really was able to turn it on. Um, and he just – every year he just finds ways to get better, and he's so consistent. Like, it's it's kind of crazy. He just – he loves film. Like, he loves ball, and he's a guy that every year he'll just keep getting better. And he's obviously – to come back to Virginia when he's already one of the top guys, like says yeah. a lot about the program and what it means to him. So he's such a ball he hawk too. Player. But he looks yeah, like no, such a yeah. ba- he's got such a baby face that you just look <laughs> at him. He's like this killer on the field, and then you see him at like meet the team day, and he's like this exactly. smile and like, hey guys, what's going on? Oh my god, I just love him. I mean, he's he's such like a bubbly person, like just loves people, loves being around. Like I don't think I've ever heard him like talk like talk crap to anybody like I don't even know if on the field I've heard him do it like he gets That's excited amazing. but he's like the guy that'll knock you out and then like oh are you okay like he's just who he is that's awesome and uh the other half of our our current Bryce Bryce uh connection of course is is the quarterback uh your successor Bryce Perkins uh do you talk to Perkins much or um is there a connection um, there we talk a little bit, like every once in a while, like we'll comment on each other's stuff on Instagram and stuff, but he's in the, he's in the middle of his stuff and I'm in the middle of mine. So no doubt. he, uh, I met him on my, so he had a visit. I just finished, like I was finishing up at, at Virginia. Um, and I actually hosted him on the visit, like when he was deciding where he wanted to go nice. and like, you could just tell how, how good he was going to be from that visit. Like the confidence that he had, like how bad he wanted it, like in his story of how he got to where he is, man, it's remarkable. So you you guys already know a lot about him and, and what he's made of, so it's it's going to be exciting to watch him. Absolutely, and it, see maybe if he can hurdle three Louisville players this year in a game, yeah, uh, and just continue. <laughs> he's he's the guy that can do it too, man. Like that's yeah. the thing when I when I transferred to Virginia, like I knew the style of offense that they wanted to play, and I knew I was not that guy, but I thought I could make the most of it. Like oh, totally. good opportunities, like get it off the ground. But, like, in, in the nice offense, like, that's the type of guy that you need for them to be consistent winners, like, to have that extra matchup every week that's that's just different in how they call their plays and stuff. So I think that he is literally the perfect fit for what they have. Um, and I'm I'm so excited to watch him this year. And obviously I'll be able to take a little more time to watch uh, with this injury. But um, I'm excited, man. I can't wait. Nice. And having seen, like, obviously firsthand, but then also this year uh, after graduating, having seen the growth of this program, can you talk a little bit about, like, the importance of seeing this coaching staff really uh, flesh out the depth chart with their type of guys, like guys they think are fitting into, whether it be on the line or, or mm-hmm. any, anywhere, it's important, obviously. Yeah, I think, like, that – I think that's evident mostly in the defense. Like, I think on offense, like, they're getting their guys in, and Bryce was the biggest one that was like, ah, this is what they want to do. But on defense, like, when you start out, like, recruiting and you're a a 4-3 defense and you're trying to get Mm -hmm. to a 3-4, like, that is tough. And you have guys playing out of position. Like, you have smaller guys that have to take on a bigger role, and it's it's hard. Like, X's and O's wise, it's really hard. Um, But you're seeing, like, what is it, year four now that Bronco's been there? You're, I think so, right? Or is it year five? I don't even know. Year four, like you're, you're, seeing right, that yeah. defense, you're seeing that defense change to what it was supposed to be. And that's why people loved him at BYU. Like, that defense, nobody wanted to play against that. Yeah. And, I mean, if you have that, that kind of defense, you can win any game no matter what your offense is doing. And now they're getting the pieces in place there. Like, we can beat anybody. Yeah. I saw a, a good – 
tweet coming out of uh, summer practice where the active D line for the last game last yeah. season, so the bowl game against South Carolina, they, I think they had four active defensive linemen. Yeah. And so now when you compare that, like obviously you deal with injuries and attrition and things like yeah. that. There was 100%. like compared to a picture of the active D line coming out yeah. of summer mm-hmm. practice, uh, you know, yeah. as many guys. It's huge. That's going to be one of the storylines I want to follow is that was a, a weakness at the end of the year because of the injuries and, and just the you know, lack of depth that was created. But now they have these – like with the incoming first years, like I've heard nothing but rave reviews about Juwan Briggs. Yeah. I've heard great stuff about you know Ben Smiley who's joining and then not to mention mm-hmm. the guys that return. Um, taking that from something that was maybe a hu- – well, that was a huge question mark into potentially one of the strongest units on the field is really exciting. Yeah, I think – I think that's the like you can have a great first and second group, but like later in the year you're gonna you're gonna lose people regardless. Like sure. it's it's just football, and every year you're like, oh, if we don't have the injury bug, like every team has the injury bug. Some teams just have it worse than others, but like if you have depth up until your third group, then that makes you better when you're making that ACC championship run. And I think that's like that's the most important part right now because we know that we can play when we have our guys. In. It's but it's it's it'll all show this year and it's good that we have that depth. So I'm, I'm even more excited, man. Like I couldn't tell you how excited I am. I've said the word probably 20 times on this podcast, <laughs> but like, this good, is man. not just me. Like this is the feel all around of yeah. alumni and fans. Like yeah. there's a lot of good stuff going on and, and I'm glad that it's, it's finally coming out to fruition. Well, we'll definitely uh, try and pick your brain a little bit about maybe expectations for this season. But I do want to um, ask about Zacchaeus uh, for sure. What, yeah. what, what are you hearing from you know, your Falcons teammates or the fans or that, that organization? Like, uh, we're all yeah. really stoked to see yeah. what you can do. Yeah, so I'm going to say what I think I can say. Um, okay. He's <laughs> obviously, obviously doing really well. Um, yeah. It's a big thing here, like, to not to talk on other players and stuff, like, in the media. So I'll, gotcha, I'll gotcha. be kind of that. But, I mean, you guys know the type of player he was. He's got the speed, the explosion. And I think that, in general, like, his his biggest question coming out of college is, like, his hands, like, contested catches because of his size. But on uh-huh. film, he's showing that he can make those plays. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that's, that's, like, where a lot of the excitement's coming from um, in the media and stuff. But we got, we got some guys here that can make plays, and he's shown that he's fitting in well. Um, and I'm – I just can't wait to see when, when the roster cuts happen, like where does he end up and some of these other guys that I've formed a pretty good relationship with. Cause I think like across the board, we have the deepest receiving core in the NFL. Um, and that's kind of like the consensus, like with the Falcons. Yeah. So um, he's fitting in well. And, and I think that the biggest thing that he's brought from Virginia is like, he's always around the ball and he's running hard and, and doing more than just his job to help other people make plays. So we're excited. We're excited about that. So. It's going to be so weird going yeah. to a game this year and he won't be there. That's uh, <laughs> like tough. the best part about college athletics and also the worst part is like you get to see people mm-hmm. come through the program and grow and develop, but then they also leave and it's depressing and sad. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but they go 100%. on to bigger and better things, which is great. Um, one last – so to close out our football discussion before we go into a couple other things we yeah. want to pick your brain about, yeah. uh, what in your mind – constitutes a successful season for Virginia football this year? Ooh, I think I think success is uh, at least one more win than last year, but I think kind of like one of the big markers for Bronco when he got here because they weren't like in contention for like national championships unless they won every game at BYU. Like he won a double-digit win season. Yeah. Um, what, what did we have last year? Nine wins? After uh, the bowl game? Or- I think eight after the yeah. bowl game, right? 
eight. But there were two, three games decided in overtime or last play type thing. So they were. Gotcha. Yeah. So I think that for him and a lot of people in the program, it's that 10 win mark. Like, I think getting the double digit wins and being able to do that consistently is like, yeah, that's, that's really what you can ask for. And then you obviously want to make the ACC championship run and that's, that's important, but like, you got to get the 10 wins first before you do that. So I think that that's, that's the mark that they're going to be shooting for. If, if I'm in the room, that's what I'm guessing. Um, and I really think that we got the chance to get there, especially like if we can dominate another bowl game like that, that'd be huge. And Kurt only, uh, only having spent, uh, what two years on grounds, right? Did did you get yeah. fully indoctrinated into the Commonwealth <laughs> Clash rivalry, or or was it maybe? Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I, I know <laughs> yeah, what the answer like, is. <laughs> oh man, so like I I just played against Virginia Tech when I was at ECU, and I wasn't the starter when it right, happened. Right. And we beat them two out of three times when I was at ECU. So I, when I went to Virginia, I'm like, okay, like this is like the norm for me. Like, oh. like I'm just used to beating them. And then I get here and I'm like, oh my God, like everyone, it's just the first year was like a fear of playing them and I just didn't understand. And then the second year when I was there, like we were in a good game, we just couldn't yeah. move the ball in offense. And it was, yeah. that was just so frustrating. Like it was just frustrating. So then having to watch this, this last year's game on TV in a, in a restaurant was like just painful. Like yeah, flipping tables it. over. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it just, I just hope that we can get over that hump this year. So we don't have to hear about it again. Yeah. Yeah. Once you get over it, like, it's, it's going to be done. Like, people aren't going to be talking about oh, it yeah. anymore. Yeah. It'll be in the past. But I am I am excited that Bud Foster is going to be retiring after the season. I will say that. Yeah, a lot of teams sure. in the ACC feel the same. Um, all right, so let's – I want to chat with you a little bit. You've been huge in Fortnite lately. Yeah. And how did that all come about? And what, what really, I guess, explain for not only me mm-hmm. but the listeners, like, what exactly that you're doing with the game and, and how did that come yeah. about? So I started playing Fortnite going into my senior season with Virginia because I only took one class. I got a lot of time. Um, and <laughs> obviously there's only so much time you can devote to, fo- to football. So I'm like, I'll play some Fortnite, whatever, get back into gaming. Um, <laughs> and I started getting pretty good at it. I just kept playing, kind of carried over into like the draft process and all of that stuff. And um I started, I had some people that are like, yo, like, you should probably start streaming. Like, you're pretty good, and I'm pretty sure people would watch you. Um, so I gave it a shot, and uh, it kind of just took off. Like, I got, a, I ended up getting a PC. I started off on my Xbox, and now I only play on a PC. Um, I stream on Twitch, and it's been, like, a good little source of, like, side revenue. Yeah. Um, and I've met a lot of really cool people. Um, I was able to play in the Fortnite Celebrity Pro-Am. Uh-huh. which was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. Um, we were able to raise $20,000 for um, a death charity, That's which awesome. was awesome. And uh, it's just kind of continued to grow from there. So I'm, I'm excited to see what I can make of this. And uh, the new Madden just came out. So I started streaming that as well. And people are enjoying like watching how like I process the game and all that stuff. So um, it's been, it's been a fun experience to kind of grow outside of football as well. And how, how many people generally will watch you on a, a Twitch screen, uh, stream? Sorry. Yeah, so honestly, it, it, it depends, but it'll be anywhere from like 25 to 40 people. Sometimes it's up to 100. Sometimes it's like 20. It just depends on like what day yeah. and what time. Um, but I've had as much as like 500 people watching, like when another big streamer brings their people to watch, it's called a host. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've had a lot of viewers. It's, it's been really cool to see how this community works. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it. So, 
And so one of the things that, how did you, when you did the celebrity program, you played alongside a young player, um, Ewok, who was, when you mentioned the deaf charity, she is deaf. Mm -hmm. How did you get put in touch with her? And I'm fascinated by the, um, cause I know I've, ugh, I will not say that I've played, I've played Fortnite in the loosest yeah. possible term. Um, as in like, I know exactly what it I, is. I've I'm done terrible it. at it. I've, I think terrible. I've watched like one kill. <laughs> but, like, yeah. I'm really good at hiding yeah. and escaping. Like when the map gets short, smaller, I do pretty well with that. That's um, where everybody starts though. That's where everybody yeah, starts. Exactly. <laughs> but how, I mean, that takes a lot of communication and that's usually done verbally. Yeah. So how, what, how did you one, get in touch with Ewok to create this partnership and two, how do you communicate yeah. when you're playing the game? So it started, so a guy named Tim the Catman, he's a big streamer. Like he has like 30,000 people watching him at a time. Um, and he rated her and that's how I found her. Um, and then I just stopped by her stream. Like I said, I love what you're doing. Like you're awesome. Like it was really cool to see like her operate and how she plays the game while being deaf. Um, and so it started like that. And her dad reached out to me. I was like, hey, um, she doesn't have a partner for some of these duo tournaments coming up. Like, would you be interested in learning a little bit of sign language that's so that so you can cool. like communicate yeah. in game? And um, that's, that's honestly how it started. And uh, so we started that way, like learned a few basic signs. I had a few lessons with her dad every week because he's a sign language teacher. Gotcha. Um, his whole, her whole family is deaf. So that's how they communicate. Um, and it just, it really started from there. And we played for like nine weeks in this, duo tournament that was going on like over time and on Fortnite itself and then we got the invite to the celebrity pro-am so basically the pro-am was 50 celebrities like sports players like anything that you're known for not gaming and then 50 pro players um and she was one of the pro players so we played together in this tournament and there was a three million dollar cash prize for all for charity uh -huh. and we were able to bring home twenty thousand, which was awesome that's and so, cool. um, so it, it started there and then um, so back to communication is just a lot going on so communicating I had a person staying next to me at this tournament and that person was on my left listening to me talk to her in a headset and she was then signing to Ewok um, she was signing to Ewok on the right of me so I had the headset talking to the translator, translator would sign, and basically we had somebody that we'd communicate through for whatever we had to strategy-wise gotcha. in-game. That's incredible. Um, yeah. And that, it was, it was really cool. I think, I don't know if Fortnite came up with that or what, but um, it was easier than what we used to do. We, we would video time, like video FaceTime each other and use one-handed signs to talk when we were just playing online. So, oh, um, yeah, it was, so cool. it was just cool to kind of be a part of that and like kind of break the barrier and show that it can be done um regardless of what anybody's facing like disability wise so it was it was really cool to be a part of honestly so what's the best way for anybody who's listening that wants to follow you um i know you're kurt ben kurt on twitch is is there yeah. um just subscribing to that channel or is twitter a better route or what, what would you um, recommend i would say twitch is like if you're trying to watch me play then twitch is definitely the best um, and you don't, you can literally, you can just follow me. It's free to watch. Um, people subscribe to me and it's like $5 a month, but you get like different perks out of it and stuff, but it's not required. It's just people that want to support me. Um, but I use, I use all of my social media. That's one thing this year that I try to be better at um, is trying to be more active on there. So you'll see me around like commenting on people's stuff and, and being more active. So it's been a push of mine this year. Now is, is Microsoft going to step in and try and steal you away like a ninja? Uh, uh, for a billion dollars or whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't think I'm, I don't think I'm that big yet. But oh, you'll get be, there. 
yeah, it'd be pretty cool. So, but that's it's what a, I'm doing in the side. Kurt, awesome. is it popular in the locker room too? Look, are there a bunch of guys on the team that play, or is it you know what's the yeah. what's the vibe around Fortnite? <laughs> yeah, I would say well, most of the team, I would say like 50 percent of the team plays video games. Maybe like 20 to 25 percent plays Fortnite. Um, and if you play Fortnite, for the most part, you watch Twitch. It's just yeah. kind of like it's just kind of what people do. Um, and so, like, people, when I when I told them, like, who I was playing with, like, that I was going to the Pro-Am, like, the locker room was pretty hyped about it. Like, they were excited to, yeah. to like, watch stuff. So, it's cool to have that support from them. Um, but video games, like, definitely, and the younger players, like, it's what people do in their free time. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I would get even, so like, even the older guys, are, what's that? <laughs> I would get so overwhelmed when people, when I was playing and I would see people build things really quickly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it takes me 10 minutes to like find the menu to get the little guy holding the pencil and the paper to build stuff. Right. We'll I, really, you up for I was really not very good. So, any help you can give. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's how we all started. We were all hiding in bushes trying to get laid when it first came out. Oh my gosh. Um, so, one of the things I wanted to ask you about too, um, so it's moving on from Fortnite. Um, how many mm-hmm. dogs do you and Sam have now? Because oh, all man, we have, want to play we with have all four of dogs. <laughs> We have four dogs, which is probably like one or two too too many. But we love them all, so no they keep thing. us on our toes. <laughs> That's amazing. How how young is the? You just got a, a husky like puppy, I think. But he looks yeah, she's yeah, she is a year and a half now, and then the okay. other one, the husky, is like almost two years. So we have two like young husky mixes. They're husky Malamute. One's a husky Malamute German Shepherd, um, and so it's. They definitely keep us on our toes, though. Like, they're crazy. They love they love their backyard, and and they play a lot, and they're loud. That's for sure. Do you have to have multiple Roombas to make up for them? <laughs> oh, we do. Yes, we have one Roomba. We have one Roomba already, and we need a second one. And we vacuum literally every day. Yeah, and I feel you. Oh man, it's wild. I literally was just looking at Roombas online like yesterday because I have a husky mix with a. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry and I just I've given up because me versus her shedding in the summer is she's winning hands down like 100%, 100%. like there's nothing way. you can do about it either you'll vacuum and then 20 minutes later you're screwed yeah yeah I was like how did they get on top of the windowsill I don't understand <laughs> exactly exactly somebody uh, gets it this is now a dog podcast dog talk 100%. Right? Yeah. those are the best um so one of the things we like to do before we let you go is a little rapid Mm -hmm. fire fun questions at the end so uh are you ready okay i think i'm ready see if i can give you a good answer (laughs) what is the thing you miss most about charlottesville Ooh, the food yeah what was your favorite food place uh denberger okay all right uh scariest coach at virginia when they got angry robert and i (laughs) <laughs> i was almost gonna autofill that but uh, okay have. so <laughs> in Fortnite, favorite place to land uh tilted towers i think it's called tilted town now oh change it up okay um change up. who is someone in the nfl that you got a little starstruck the first time you met who is that um low-key funniest teammate you had at uva Oh man, Donnie Dowling. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. 
Um, and then last, if you could have played one game, so say you were a star in another sport at Virginia, what would you have chosen? Uh, UVA basketball, national championship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty that's good a, <laughs> a strong choice, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty solid. It's pretty easy at this point. Um, Kurt, thank you so much for coming on. I think this is great. We love picking your no brain. Problem. So many interesting topics. This is super cool. So you're welcome anytime. And I know we'll speak for all the listeners and we hope your recovery goes very quickly and smoothly. Awesome. Thank you much. Thank you so much. I appreciate Thanks, you having sir. me. All right. So we want to uh, give a big, big thank you uh, to Kurt Benkert for, for coming on this week. Um, that was a ton of fun uh, to talk with him about uh, what what's going on in his life and looking back at the who's and uh, he's feeling it. He's feeling the yeah. excitement that we're all feeling. Uh, you yeah, can feel it around grounds. Yeah. It's, it's definitely carrying it over from basketball and just keeping it going. Uh, uh, we'll see. High high expectations from the media. I think at least fair expectations from the team itself <laughs> and the coaches. Yeah. You know, they're they're confident. They, uh, you can see them come out and say they they expect to do well and expect to to uh, show up uh, at Pitt and, and get a W. So, uh, like I said at the beginning, we're gonna uh, come back soon to break down the whole season. Uh, before we get started and, and give some predictions and stay tuned uh, to streakingalon.com for uh, rolling out the, the previews and some notes that we'll be able to start collecting as camp is going on and uh, other Bryce Perkins highlights as well. So He's the best. Yeah. Just like everything he does is that, actually the, the catch from uh, Billy Kemp is my favorite yeah. this week. Those always make, it's like the fun highlights are great. And then you're kind of like, Maybe that pass wasn't outstanding. But <laughs> True enough. Sometimes those hard good catches, hard yeah. come on bad throws, but uh, also from uh, good defense. So very true. Uh, you you know, uh, I uh, we'll leave the judgment for you all. Uh, <laughs> catch that, that clip. Um, but uh, check us uh, next week on the podcast. Subcri- subscribe uh, on iTunes or Spotify or any of the other ways that you're listening to us, and uh, leave us a review if you would Rate be so kind. Uh, because we appreciate the feedback for sure. Uh, until next week, for everybody at the blog, I'm Pierce, and go Hoops. Oh, 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 oh